right, here we are again for a uh, next edition of Breaking Changes. And I've got another good friend of mine in the lineup here. I've got Lorinda Brandon from Better Cloud. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. It's nice to be here. Yeah. Um, so you and I know each other for a while. So this is a uh, this is old hat for us. We've uh, hung out in a lot of places around the world in several different capacities. Uh, but in your recently this year, you you joined Better Cloud as their VP of Engineering. So get me up to speed. What is Better Cloud? Oh, so Better Cloud actually. One of the things that I love about Better Cloud that like brought me to them is this crystal clear vision they have. So they are a SaaS management platform. And what that means is, um, I should say we are, because I am part of them now, um, <laughs> happily. Uh, so Better Cloud is a SaaS management platform, which means, you know, almost all companies have multiple SaaS applications that they use for their work, right? And, they have lots of employees who join the company and need access to all the things and they need different kinds of access. They share, you know, the Google Docs, for example, to other people outside the company and people inside the company. They leave the company and they offboard and you've got to like remove their access to all of these applications. So there's actually a big need for companies to have a SaaS management platform where it's very simple to set up a workflow that says, I'm onboarding a new hire for engineering. Here's all the stuff they need access to and the ways in which they need access. And let me set up a workflow and just make that automated. And so that's what we're basically doing is automating IT functions that normally take hours to days for people to set up for their internal use. And so, I mean, this sounds like something you're you're pitching to business users, right? At a company, I mean, this is like leadership knows, hey, we're using Dropbox, we're using Google Docs, we're using all of these That's different right. things and we need to, but I'm guessing APIs play a pretty central role in actually how you guys stitch all this magic together, right? This is like all APIs. It's, it's you know, <laughs> the same turtles all the way down, that's APIs all the way down. So yeah, we have our own external API that customers can use if they want to, you know, use our API capabilities and automate their own stuff. Um, then we have our own internal APIs, which we use for our platform functions to talk to each other. And then of course, we're completely reliant on provider APIs. So Dropbox, Google, Microsoft, right? We use all of their APIs to actually make the magic happen. And so it's every flavor of API we have ever talked about is at Better Cloud, which, you know, again, is another one of my draws to the company um, because it's such fun. You know, it's, it's not trying to solve an API problem in one space in your company. It's solving it everywhere. It's solving it, you know, on the edge to your customers. It is solving it on the edge to your providers and it's solving it in all the places in between. So. Yeah, I love it. So in this in this reality, though, like so, the business folks you're you guys are catering and selling to, are they going to care about that that this is all stitched together with APIs? Is this like, or is it just a pure kind of organizational sell? So the only the only time that they're going to care about 
sort of the API aspect of this, I think, is, is really when it comes to our, what we're exposing to them. So we're finding that as we get larger and larger customers, they have development staffs, right? So they have teams that are building internal capabilities for them, and they want to be able to access our capabilities through our API. Um, but in general, like the work that we do with the provider APIs to make all the magic happen, no, an IT professional shouldn't have to worry about that or think about that. Um, we handle all of that under the covers. So it's a big part of our reality. And we have great relationships with a lot of the providers. You know, we have some pretty uh, interesting API discussions with a lot of these providers and what their endpoints can do and can't do and how we can make some of the, the functions that we wanna layer on top of all of that, um, how we can make that happen. So we have some really great conversations around all of that, but it's nothing, our goal is to make it invisible to the IT professional. They shouldn't have to care, right? They should just be able to manage their own businesses infrastructure with better cloud as their tool to just get access to everything. So, I mean, is this, is old school software even relevant in this world? I mean, that we're building, it seems like the future, we're just gonna keep moving towards this stitched together. We use a variety of different apps. I mean, is, are there like old legacy Oracle ERP type solutions that you guys connect to? I mean, do you guys do, do everything or is it just the, the, the newer generation SaaS solutions that you guys stitch together? It's, it's the newer generation stuff. Um, so we've been around for nine years, uh, about. And so when we say newer generation, talking about like, you know, within the last decade. Um, but yeah, I, at this point, you know, I think the, the real benefit that we can all get, I mean, it's sort of the, all the dreams that we had about APIs enabling all kinds of business capabilities across all providers is there's lots of that is coming to fruition, right? Um, because there's so much that we can do using modern applications. And so that's really where we're focused is using um, modern applications to do what is basically modern IT, right? Automated IT that remove some of the daily, you know, the keep the lights on kind of activities that people are doing manually. Like the, the magic of APIs in this space is that we can do the automation layer by leveraging all of these APIs and building our own, right? So then it really is just magic on the IT side. So, so let's focus and on, I guess, the APIs and the API lifecycle at BetterCloud for you guys to develop your APIs. Can you speak a little bit to what, what your vision there is for how you guys design, develop, deliver, and kind of support your APIs? Mm -hmm. So we are um, on a journey to standardize across all of our API um, ecosystem in the company, as I said, is pretty widespread. In, in how we work. Um, we're standardizing on open API. So we just started the work to evolve what our standards are. How are we implementing that? How are we making sure that we're um, 
reviewing the APIs that are being built across the company and figuring out what is our taxonomy, what is our, you know, how do we want to structure our APIs internally? We're starting there. Um, and the, how do we document them, right? How do we document and monitor um, where, where, as I said, you know, is APIs all the way down. So we're also looking at how do we monitor third-party APIs and make sure that we're staying on top of any changes or uh, performance issues or any of those things because our business relies on them. So part of our journey is not just looking at our own internal APIs and how do we create standards and some level of governance um, or at least review of those APIs, but also how do we get more deeply tied to the provider APIs that we rely on as part of our business, right? So um, treating them in many of the same ways that we treat our own APIs when it comes to monitoring and testing and alerting, we need to know if any of that changes because it affects us. Um, and so it's, it's a multi-pronged journey. I hate using the term multi-pronged, it does make me sound really old, but um, it, because we're trying to figure out how do we standardize our APIs for our own internal use so we can develop faster and better, communicate more cleanly, but also how do we then put some due diligence around the third parties that we rely on. And ultimately, finally, like once we get those pieces kind of really um, more rigorously defined, then we're going to really take some hard looks at our external APIs and our hope, we have a, a dream and a hope of building um, a really rich external API layer that lets people integrate with us more cleanly and easily. So rather than us integrating with a lot of the third-party API providers, we would be also opening up the door for people to say, I wanna be part of the Better Cloud ecosystem, how do I get in? Um, so that's, that's sort of our, it's going to be a multi-year journey, but that's the path that we're on. So we really want to go all in on, on APIs as the power. It, they already are the power behind our system, but we want to go all in on really getting rigorous about it and getting more public interfaces out there. And uh, I mean, so it feels like you guys are doing everything that a company should be doing, but doesn't necessarily have the time or the resources when it comes to I mean, their own APIs, but also the third-party APIs because companies are increasingly dependent on third-party services, SaaS services. And you guys are kind of putting yourself in the middle and saying, hey, we're going to do all this work. We're going to standardize and work with these providers. So what's what's that average engagement with, with API providers look like third-party? I mean, do you guys have regular meetings? Is it mostly self-service within their developer ecosystems? Are you guys just another developer? What do, what do those look like? No, we have a much, I wouldn't say we're so much just another developer. We have actual partnerships with a lot of these folks, at least the bigger providers. Um, so we have regular, uh, a regular cadence to the discussions that we have with both Google and Microsoft, um, with Box. And so, we have sort of for the larger providers where we need lots of capabilities from them, um, we have regular discussions. And some of that is, here's the stuff we wanna do. 
tell us how to best use your API to do that. You know, some of it is, hey, I wish you had this endpoint. Like, this would be really great. Um, but some of it is just help us understand, like, here's how we implemented this. Is this the best way to do it? And, and what I love about this community, what I've always loved about the API community is how willing everybody is to help. Like once you're, you're all speaking the same language. And so once you start explaining what it is you're trying to do, like everybody wants to engage in helping you figure out how do you do that? You know, what is the best way to use our API to make this happen? And, um, you know, we have some of the providers who are just so deeply engaged that they try things, they do proof of concepts on their side and say, oh, okay, yeah, I see what you're doing and I could get it to work by doing this. Um, so we talk to the, a lot of the DevRel folks on a regular basis. Um, and it's very collaborative, just as this space always has been, so. It, it feels like API providers should definitely be uh, investing in those DevRel and partner resources so that there's someone there for, for companies like you to talk to and not just talk to and engage with, but have the energy and, and curiosity to actually try to understand what, what y'all are needing. Cause you're kind of a dream developer in that way that you guys are really pushing, I would say the roadmap as far as what they should be delivering. So, um, I mean, what's easier for you guys to work with, smaller or, or bigger partners, would you say? Or is it a mix? It depends. I think it's a mix. I, I will say, you know, the obvious um, thing is that the larger API providers have more DevRel. So they have more ways for us to engage. They have more time, as you just said, right? They have more time and energy to spend understanding our use cases and engaging in a dialogue about it, giving us metrics about how we're using their system. You know, sometimes we, we process so much information. We have some large customers who are processing lots of data, right? Because we do things like, you know, scan the files in their system to say, you know, are these meeting your security restrictions, right? Or has this document set that has secure information, confidential information, has that been shared externally? And we flag it, we don't do anything unless the IT administrator wants to do something with that, right? But we at least give them the insight to what's happening across their organization. So you can imagine how much data we're processing on a regular basis. So we're pushing those API rate limits to, <laughs> to the breaking point sometimes, right? So we're working with these folks to try to figure out, you know, we are, one of your biggest users, right? Tell us a little bit about how we're using your system. Give us some metrics, give us some insight so that we can plan ahead because we know what we're going to be building next. And we want to make sure that we're getting ahead of any performance issues or throttling issues, right? Um, and then, of course, we're looking for all kinds of data that helps our customers. And we're going back to a lot of these providers and saying, you know, here's what we're looking for. The, the bigger API providers, we have account managers, we have DevRel, you know, we get to on the phone with the product managers. So, you know, they just have the staffing and the energy and the time to spend with us to understand what we're trying to do and help us out. Yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, in addition to having the staff and having the people to help you that, having that investment in 
say just API management, the right API management layer, but that's, I would say provides a, a slice of that data and that, that awareness that you guys need. But I, I feel like what your ask is of that observability and, and, and visibility at rate limits and, and usage and, and even the types of APIs products that these partners are selling that, that this reflects what I'm seeing in the space is, is, this awareness isn't just from an API provider side, it's a, it's a shared relationship between the, the consumer and the provider. And I think this is the future of not just API analytics, but observability, monitoring and awareness and having endpoints that give you as a consumer access to this data. You know, so you guys can automate and program, you know, programmatically respond to rate caps or you know, heavy usage or things like that. And, and, you know, programmatic recommendations. Like I would love to have a system that, like an API system that kind of does what BetterCloud does, right? Give me recommendations about, based on my past usage or based on what you're seeing us doing lately, what are some recommendations that you have for ways that I can optimize how I'm using your API? Um, or, you know, ways that I can get ahead of rate limit, you know, issues that I might be bumping into. So. Like, I think there's there's lots of future for something like that because this is, this is the world we live in, right? Where I, I haven't worked for a company that wasn't relying on third-party APIs and I don't even know how long, right? Really long time. Like, this is how we build software now. And so having that, you know, visibility across all the providers, like here's what my API landscape looks like. Um, you know, I think also just to go back to your question about the relationship with the providers, I think this is this the smaller folks, the smaller businesses don't have the money and the investment in this kind of DevRel environment. Like one of the things that is is fueling some of our dreams and hopes is not just how do we make the better cloud ecosystem larger and more extensible for our customers? But also, how do we solve that problem for small to medium-sized businesses who want to be in the ecosystem and can't spend as much time with us as like Google and Microsoft do, um, answering all our questions and running through some use cases and showing us some analytics and doing all of that kind of stuff, right? How can we enable them to integrate with us so that the burden is on our side, right? It's our API that we are now the API provider to them. Um, I think that's kind of where we wanna turn the tables a little bit, not only because it opens up our platform to a greater number of integrations across the board, but it also enables some of these other businesses to get into the ecosystem without the burden of us coming at them and saying, hey, <laughs> Here's what we want from your endpoints, right? And I feel like that really is the next iteration of uh, we use the phrase a lot, API economy. But uh, I had this in the first episode. I talked with Shutterstock, and they're very much of a similar mind. They want they want to allow smaller providers to just plug and play and do what they do best, and nothing more. They don't have to worry about all the the partner infrastructure, they don't, and all the other capabilities that Better Cloud in this case brings to the table. And they can just plug in and offer one little slice, one little specialty on this, and then have access to all these other resources. 
that there's no reason they should have to build out the, you know, spend their, their, what little resources they have to build out this infrastructure that they can just piggyback. And that's, I would say, you know, I mean, you guys are a SaaS management platform, like that's, that's that SaaS enablement. But for me, that's what puts the platform in platform and makes you guys yeah. a platform at that level. Yes, exactly, exactly. I mean, because I think in the API economy, in the sharing economy, the Ubers, the the DoorDashes, these like, we've got to have the, just these enablers, people who do email really well, people who do SMS really well, people who do, you know, and and it's really a burden for some of these startups to have to do it. So I think, I mean, that's that's what I really see with the future of SaaS. And I don't usually do a lot of Postman plugging on the show, but you know, that's where we're going with Postman as a platform is that we want to, you know, you enable other API providers to plug in. So it's not just about the old days where you and I got involved in this is you build an API, you launch an API, you publish a portal and everyone comes to you, you know, right. and it's like, no, I create an API, I can plug it into a, a, a series of other platforms. And then now I have all those platform effects. Um, right. Exactly. And I think I think this is one of the lessons learned right over time. I, I think we when we used to travel the world banging the API drum, there was a lot of like, here's the perfect world in which we all need to live, right? And and we all need DevRel and we all need, you know, a portal and we all need all these things. And so if you're gonna have an API, you need all this other stuff. And that's not really reality, right? Um and APIs are ubiquitous now. And because they're ubiquitous, they have to be um, economical for everybody. And so I do think that like we're starting, this is the next level of maturity, I think, where we have, you know, yes, you have companies like the Googles and Microsofts who have invested like their APIs are, you know, God, you look at the graph API and that thing, that thing's a planet all by itself, right? It's huge. And so, of course, yes, you need to support that with a, a bunch of staff, but it's not, it's not reality and it's not practical for a lot of companies to do that kind of infrastructure. And so I think we're at this next stage of saying, look, there are some of us who can just open up these capabilities and let you do your thing without causing you to have to hire an entire function, right? And spend money on portals and you know all the things that come with that. Um, I think, I think that's the maturity of where we are now as an industry, which is great. You know, it's sort of, it isn't where we all started when we were running around telling everybody how they needed to build their API programs. But I think, I think this is the natural evolution and it makes sense to me. Doing a lot of refactoring of the stories that I've told over the last decade. And I love finding the flaws and I'm like, whoa, you, like that was just not sensible what you were doing. So since, since you elevated to the kind of history and how we're here, how did you get into this game? I mean, I've known you, so Smart Bear, Capital One, Twilio, like how did you get into the software game? What's, what's your backstory? Oh my God, into software in general? <laughs> Yeah, this is like this is like an old uh, prehistoric dinosaur story, but I will tell it. Oh. Um, so, so here's how I ended up here. I was an art history major, actually, and 
uh, art history majors have very limited career options. And I ended up, I was, uh, I ended up taking a job at the Air Force. This is in the mid eighties. I have survived this industry for a long time. So I joined the Air Force as a civilian in mid eighties. And when I joined, I was working in the A-10 office um, and we were keeping track of all the A-10 aircraft and all the modifications. I don't think I've ever even told you this story, Ken. Um, all the, the modifications you had to make to the aircraft, we were one of the logistics centers. The aircraft would come into and we would, the hangar and I wouldn't make modifications to the airport uh, aircraft, but I would track all the parts track all the documentation and I'd go down to the hangar and make sure the guys knew this aircraft that just came in needs these mods and here's all the parts, you know. The reality is that in those days, we kept track of all of that with paper and pencil. Every screw that was coming in, every company that we talked to to get better prices on whatever, you know, all of that stuff was, we kept track with pencil and paper. And one day, uh, I was in like my 20s and early 20s. And so this was like, it was paying the bills, but it was really like not my dream job. And um, our manager called us in one day and he said, oh, they want to computerize all of this stuff. And so they want to put our jobs in a computer. And I need a volunteer from this office who's going to work with the developers to explain what we do and test what they make and like, whatever, see if it works. And he was like, everybody was so negative about it. And I was the only one who raised my hand and said, I'll do that. And this is how beloved this program was in the A-10 office. They stuck me in a supply closet with a dumb terminal. And I sat for two years in a supply closet working with the developers who were on the other side of the campus. So I would write things down on a piece of paper and I would run over to the developers and I would explain what we were doing and how I tested what they wrote and it didn't really work and here's how it didn't work. And I was basically product manager, tester, documentation person. And, you know, I was part of automating the inventory for the Air Force. So it was, when I look back on it, it was pretty exciting, but I never turned away because to me, what I, it was a world I had never seen. And the fact that I could go to the developers and say, here's what we do. And here's what we're required to do. Here are the reports we're required to create and send to the Pentagon. And here's the kind of information we track and how we track it. And then magically out of thin air, they created a system that did that stuff. This is like, how do they even do this stuff? This is insane. And so I never looked back because to me, it was like, it wasn't that far away from art where I had majored because it's, it's a maker culture. It's a, they're creators, you know, they, and it's, it's amazing to me and it's creative and it's exciting. And it's, oh, you're always thinking about how can we, design this better or what is the next thing we can do and and it's just so um there's so much brain power that goes into it so anyway that's that's how i ended up in software you really feel like that like what you were doing was a, a very uh analog version of like what happens in a 
in an API consumer provider relationship, like as far as a portal or, yes. you know, and what you were just talking about with your partners, like, but you feel like, you know, it feels like you were the, the human form of swagger open API, like going <laughs> and writing on pencils, like writing the little details and running it back and forth. And like, and we have portals and we have, you know, Slack and Zoom and all this to do this now, but you were, you were laying the groundwork, I think, for a lot of, yeah. you know, and I think it took a lot of us doing similar things. I did that in the education space. Mine was in uh, school districts in Oregon. And I actually had access to my grades in high school in the 80s um, through, through my first job. And really? I, 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 did I you mess with my them? Grade. Oh, wow. No, I was, a, I was such a good boy at that age. And then, and I became a bad kid late, just a couple years later, but I didn't have the access then. So, um, so I, I, I will I say on, that, oh, like, oh, sorry, I was just going to say no, just go before ahead. we move off this this topic, it's, you know, there's a real joy in looking back over your career at some point and saying, I was part of the beginning of a lot of things, accidentally, right? But but I love that I've got this landscape to look back on, you know, the software industry is what it is right now. And some of the stuff, you know, honestly, 40 years in and we still haven't solved some of this stuff. It's crazy. But but it's uh, it's so different than what it was. And it's so exciting to see it growing up and, you know, changing and adapting. So. Well, and I. Kind of to what we were saying about our, the stories we've told over the last decade, I I feel like we're we're learning. I mean, th that's what this API game is always about: it's perpetual learning. There is no destination, and I feel like the last decade and the last 30, 40 years um, have all been training to get here. And I feel like that's where you're at. Like watching you in your career, you uh, you know have you know I would say smart bear. So integration testing, um, very fundamental cornerstone role in the whole swagger open api journey which is you know the 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 machine readable version of you writing things on on the, the paper the requirements on the paper that you were doing in the air force and then to twilio which is a fundamental unit of of resource in in the api economy i mean sms video um email all the things they do but now you you've kind of leveled up to this I mean, three-dimensional chess game that's like your own APIs, your partner APIs, you got, and then you guys are, are doing this public API. And open API is playing a central role in that yeah. because it, it kind of, it, it allows you to communicate and bridge, um, you know, the human and the machine readable. So, so talk to me a little bit about the role that open APIs, you know, I mean, you're back in the OAI foundation or OAI kind of helping lead conversations. So talk to me about the role that it plays in, in this better cloud journey. Yeah, so, you know, we're, we recognize that we need a way to, one, design our APIs before we start coding them um, and design them in such a way that is predictable and understandable, relatable, um, and, and gives us the, foundation to standardize how we build APIs, right? How we build and document and communicate our APIs. Um, I was thrilled, so just 
giving better cloud all it's due all the credit it deserves um they were on this journey they had just started this journey when i joined so i didn't propel them there they were already on their way and it was just a happy circumstance um that this was already underway because for anybody who doesn't know i've been involved in oai since it was born and so uh it is a definite love of mine and so when i got there and realized they were on an OP, open API journey. I was excited and we joined the OAI like right away. <laughs> and so, um, but it is giving us not only, so I, I, I wanna be clear that like the open API is serving a very specific function and helping us with what I just said around standardizing, documenting, being more predictable about our APIs, doing some design first work that uh, once we get our standards in place, right, it all becomes easier from there because you've already standardized an open API, you've already developed your taxonomy, the next API is easier to design because you've done, you've laid the foundation. Um, we're doing that. But in addition, the, the open API initiative, the OAI itself, like joining that has already had like immediate benefits to the company. So, um, you know, there's smart people in there who know all kinds of things about APIs and all types of flavors of APIs and all kinds of circumstances who have learned a lot of lessons or are questioning things or pushing on the spec and saying, what about this and what about that? And, um, you know, because you're in the OAI as well, that like the minute Better Cloud joined, the, the, it's a very enthusiastic, lovely group of people. And, they just sort of swarmed OAI Slack channels and meetings, and they Every were like, we're Slack, here. This is Every great. meeting, marketing meeting, technical, you guys were everywhere. It was awesome. Everywhere, everywhere. Because they're, they just want to learn, and they want to contribute, and they want to be involved. And, and so it's been exciting to be part of the OAI because a lot of the questions that we were trying to answer in our own little silo now we can tap into the larger, you know, API brain and say, what about this? Or what about that? Or just read the articles that get posted. And, and now you're like, aha, we don't need to invent this. We don't need to spend all the cycles talking this through because here's a whole bunch of information that gets us jump started. And so it's been an incredibly exciting thing for the company. Um, and so I would say, you know, I, I, I separate those two things because I think open API has a technical um, implication to how we do our work, but the OAI has an added education relationship benefit that gives us access to people and places to go and things to, to learn about different types of things that we're, we haven't maybe even built into our plan yet, but we can start investigating, oh, what about async API? What about, you know, what should we learn more about for GraphQL? Like, cause we do have a GraphQL um, interface as well. And so how can we learn more about that? And so I think it's, it feeds two ways into our journey. Yeah, I mean, you touched on several layers. I mean, I, I have like three or four stories open to go on the OAI blog that are slow roll kind of writing stories about different topics. And I've gotten comments and questions and edits from all, like multiple people on your team. Like I got a story on GitHub's open API journey right now. 
And there was a whole bunch of edits. I'm like, all right, more people doing this work for me. I was like super impressed. So, I mean, would you recommend that your partners join the OAI too? I mean, do you, do you think this is something and is them using open API in a technical capacity make your guys' world easier? Well, I think it, you know, this was always sort of our stance from the beginning, right, is that if we can get to a place where we're speaking a common language, so the whole point of APIs is that handshake between people. Um, maybe I shouldn't say it that way between systems, but I feel like it's a very people-oriented community. Um, and so I think the more we standardize on one way of speaking to each other, the easier it is, the faster it is for us to pick up. And um, of course it helps us if, if we know how API works, if we're using API as our standard and if we're using it for our design and documentation, like the ultimate best scenario is for us to be saying, hey, you know, Google, we have this feature request. We'd like to see these things added to your API and having some design sessions that are based on open API, right? Like show us your open API definition. Let us like take a look at it. Let us, let's see what the payload would look like if, when it comes back. Like it's an easy way to design together, to talk together, right? It's not just the implementation like, oh yeah, it's easy for us to understand how to use that API. It's also the, all the conversations that pre, that, that come before that, right? Where the product managers can talk to each other by just looking at what those APIs can do, right? So um, of course it would be a perfect world if everybody was using open API. <laughs> Let's, yeah, we should have t-shirts. <laughs> we're working on it, we'll, we'll get it here, but that sounds like a much greater vision than the original one of Tony Tam who created Swagger you know, Swagger UI documentation, Autogen, you know, your docs are gonna always be up to date and Swagger's documentation. I mean, this is after a decade or more of evolution. I mean, it's clear that it's a, it's a more human connection, communication, vocabulary, collaboration thing, as well as documentation, mocking, testing, and all these other things, monitoring and things that you guys are using it for internally and externally. Yeah, like I said, I think there's there's always been multiple aspects to APIs, right? There's the sort of the communication relationship aspect of it, and there's the technical, what it enables, right? And so, as you just said, and as we were talking about earlier, the Open API itself gives us the mechanism to do all the things you just talked about, right? It's easy to find the tooling to do, you know, to generate mocks and do your testing and also, you know, create your designs and mess around with your designs and, um, you know, monitor and all those things just are easier if you've got that kind of framework. But the design communication collaboration side of it is so key to making all the rest of that successful. And standardizing on open API, like the more we can all talk the same language, like I said, and, and just be able to visualize each other's APIs, it, it just it jumpstarts the whole conversation and gets you so much further down the road. Yeah, and I think that velocity is what a lot of us are looking for and velocity across a growing complexity. We have a lot more APIs that we have to deal with. And 
Um, that would be my sell for better cloud is I think people are waking up to the need that they have a lot of APIs across their organization, but they're using more third-party APIs and they their API programs aren't really paying attention to that. So I think that's you guys paying attention to it for us, you know, for these people, I think is pretty critical. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, so when it comes to your team, back to your team, because the energy of your team has been great in the OAI. I think it's, um, I, I, I want to keep trying to find ways. I almost feel bad because I don't have enough work. So I'm co-chair of the business governance group and I'm trying, I'm not moving forward the spec. I'm trying to move forward a lot of different projects and they have so much energy to do stuff. I'm trying to find more work to <laughs> give them, but I'm assuming they got a lot of work within their they do have a lot of jobs. work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shudder a little but, when you say that. <laughs> Um, but just they're just so energetic and, and they have yeah. like some of the, the feedback on the our well GitHub's not a member um zero so a couple of the the API providers the write-ups I was doing they just have really good feedback so how do you you know I mean I know you're you're only a few months into your role but I mean how do you motivate them how do you feed this crowd how do you get them learning doing things or is it just natural is it just is the curiosity there yeah, it's it's an incredible um, group. The culture is just amazing because this is the culture of the whole company, regardless of whether it's the tech team or not. Um, <clears throat> the, the API side of our journey, like obviously this has been key to our business, um, but this, this um, launching ourselves into the API community you know, full force and just being members of that is naturally exciting to the company. They just love being part of the future and part of shaping this world that they depend on, right? They depend on the API world to be uh, well-organized and well-documented and, and, you know, to, to progress in all of the visions that we all have had. And so they're just excited, naturally excited. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, like, I think we all feel at Better Cloud and, and a lot of these folks have been here from the beginning and have been or close to the beginning. Um, they're all in, they're all invested in the value of what they're building. And because they're invested in the value of what they're building and they're excited about what they're building and what our future vision is of extending this platform, right? That, enthusiasm and excitement just spills over into everything. So um, I just lucked out because I kind of walked into it and they were already like this. And so the minute we joined OAI and I saw them all show up and do their thing, like this is what they're like inside Better Cloud too. You know, they're just enthusiastic and happy to help and always jumping into everything with that same level of energy. So it's it's a dream team to be working with. I completely lucked out, can take zero credit for that. They were they were this wonderful batch of people when I showed up, so. Yeah, you just gotta harness and lead that in some interesting directions. I mean, I would yeah. suspect it has, there's an external factor that you guys are dealing with SaaS solutions and partnerships, and you guys have a very outward focus. And I think that somewhat lends itself to a certain type of personality and work. And you guys aren't bogged down in a lot of, 
backend proprietary legacy systems. You work with software that's open. And it just, I mean, these types of realities, I feel, led to sunlight in to a certain degree and, and foster a certain culture and, and type of people. And I think that's one of the big things. I mean, I would encourage folks to join the OAI, but I think embrace their SaaS usage, like how you're using SaaS solutions and, and these types of partnerships and APIs kind of um, connect folks and make people feel, I think, like they got to work together, collaborate together. And then, and then open API just kind of, I think, you know, throws more fuel on that fire. So, and I had a question in there and I just kind of rambled until I didn't anymore. And that's something <laughs> I got to get better at as an interviewer. I'm like, but I also blame you. You got to take some responsibility because I feel just comfortable talking with you. Like I'm not used to interviewing you. So it's, it's just more natural for me to just ramble with you. So. Yes. Um, what we've done around the globe for many years. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like, I mean, this, this platform vision that you're leading right now, I feel like, I, I feel like we've, we've got some momentum here. I feel like there's a renewal and kind of renaissance in the API space. I feel like SaaS has matured where it's not kind of a hobby toy thing that, no, actually we, our business depends on these solutions. They're not new and cool little things. They're, they're functional pieces. So I feel like we're at, at the cusp of something pretty, pretty big when it comes to stitching together, how the next, next wave of business gets done. I agree. And I think, I think one of the things, you know, going back to the enthusiasm of the team, one of the things that I, I think the better cloud developers are starting to realize is how well they know the API space, right? They've relied on it to, to realize the vision of the product. But now, you know, especially being, you know, exposed to the OAI and all the API brains that are in there, they're like, yeah, we live and breathe this. Like we know this inside and out. We know everybody's APIs inside and out. And the knowledge set that's in that company is amazing. And so tapping into that and as you said, harnessing that and tapping into it and, and spreading that, the, the wealth of knowledge so that everybody can benefit from what these developers have learned over time, I think is gonna be, you know, that, that's where the value comes in of all of us collaborating together. And organizations like OAI is to me a big collaborative, you know, group of people who are just grappling with the same problems. Well, I think you added another dimension why I think your team is like that. And something I want to get across to other listeners is there's a confidence level of when you're an API producer and consumer in kind of equal ways that that comes with that type of awareness. If you're just a producer and you've never consumed and felt that pain, lived through that, or you're just a consumer and you've never had people relying on you, there's a, a certain amount of confidence that comes with being both and out in the open in a third party arena that it, it takes a certain type of personality. And I think that's that's part of the journey that I, I always want to try to convey with folks. And, and it, it shows in your team. I mean, I would say, you know, and it doesn't mean like they know everything and every bit of the system is perfect because they're, you know, they do it all well or right. It's they're confident in their journey. They're confident in what they know. 
confident in what you don't know and ready to evolve and and you know change with what's happening and that's the api lesson i think a lot of organizations don't quite get and right. are still struggling so right um so in in one last piece on kind of you guys touch on you touched on earlier with observability so security is something that i'm going to keep weaving in into these conversations and I'm not a security expert. I don't do well. I did a security webinar uh, yesterday with 42 Crunch, but um, I don't. My my beliefs around security is more about awareness and observability, and having having visibility into what's going on is probably like knowing where your APIs are, having analytics on how they're used, and understanding. And so. Is security top of mind for your guys' customers when it comes to using better cloud, or is it just is it just the functionality that better cloud delivers across these third party, or is is that security and visibility and observability a, a major concern too? It's a major concern. It's actually we we have a product line called Secure, so um, it it is. Um, think about it this way: if you're a big corporation, let's say you're a big financial institution, and you have lots of confidential documents that are being generated and passed around. Um, if you're using Google Suite or, you know, Microsoft, you know, um, 365, you you need to know what's happening, right? Who, who are they sharing docs with? You know, did a document that was shared, uh, you know, three weeks ago get edited and did PII get added to it and now it's shared externally and now it has additional confidential information. Like you need visibility into your systems. Um, and you need to know that, you know, there's unusual activity in some of your SaaS apps, right? So is, is an enormous number of files getting, you know, shared at the same time or opened up permissions changed, right? Um, we need to provide that visibility to you, which means, again, this goes back to the data that we, this like constant data um, transport that's going on in our systems that relies on providers giving us this information, right? We have to get all of that information from Google and Microsoft, for example. Um, and so uh, it's, it's top of mind for us, for our customers, when it comes to security of the data on their system and having visibility into what's happening from that standpoint. Um, I would say that there's multiple aspects to security, right? So that's one type of security that we obviously are building our business on top of. So we care deeply about that. Um, but there's also all the security uh, you know, implications that come with SaaS applications anyway, right? How do you make sure you've got a secure credentialing system that doesn't let people get in, or at least if they get in, you know about it quickly. I mean, this was something we, you know, my Twilio, when I was at Twilio, this is something we spent a really large amount of time on because if you're going to try to crack your way into you know, an API, you're going to be looking for the ones that communicate with people, right? So Twilio is a target for that kind of stuff. And, and we spent a lot of time thinking about our API security and 
visibility into, you know, who's able to get in and what are they doing and are, is there suspicious activity on the system? Um, and better cloud, you know, especially as we start to realize our vision of having this more extensible, you know, larger um, API platform, that, that'll have to be top of mind for us as well. And so we have a security team who, who is very diligent and spends a lot of time looking at our systems and communicating back to us about, you know, here's some things we need to improve. And so, um, yeah, we take it very seriously. It's definitely something so that, that I have a heightened sensitivity to coming from Twilio after working there during election season, so. Oh yeah, Twilio during the election season. Oh man, I can't even imagine the types of people that want to get access to that. But it's the same, I mean, for docs, for any messaging, for any any of these, these critical uh, SaaS services that we're dependent on. And then there's just the, the straightforward auth layer, as you said, and tokens and keys and secrets and access levels and all of that. Yeah, it's a lot to keep up with and across 10, 20, 30, 100 SaaS services, I can see it just exponentially getting out of hand. So that you have a security team, you have a, a API teams um, doing things. What, what type of talent are you guys looking for as far as like, what, what sort of skills are you looking to add to your team and, and personalities you looking forward to, to, to bring in? So I'll start with personality uh, because we can teach skills. Um, you know, we talked about the personality of the team. They are enthusiastic, they're engaged, they're curious, they're smart, and they're, they're dedicated to not just the work they're doing, but to our customers and to the vision of the space we're in, in general, right? To just this whole idea of SaaS management. Um, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for hungry, friendly, collaborative people who, who you know, wanna, wanna dive right in and learn things and teach things and do all, the, all of that kind of hard work. That's the stuff that is hard to teach, right? It's, it comes with you. Um, but that's the culture of Better Cloud, and that's what we're looking for. We're hiring all kinds of positions. So we're hiring back-end engineers, we're hiring full-stack engineers, we're hiring front-end engineers. So we have lots of positions posted on our website. Um, I am growing my team uh, for the, the remainder of this year, and then undoubtedly we will continue growing next year. So there's, there's opportunity to join us, and we hope you do. Um, we, you know, being an open API fan would, is a bonus, um, but definitely knowing something about the API space, but if you don't know it, trust me, you have to learn it. We would teach it to you. So you, you would learn it quickly because that is our world. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, and I find sometimes folks who don't haven't been in the space too long in the API space, because there's a lot of dogma and a lot of belief yeah. systems you and I have waded through over the last <laughs> decade. Um, and I find them to be some of the more valuable, curious, ask great questions. And so I agree. And and you don't have to be technical, I think, to, to, to make an impact when it comes to uh, APIs. Um, you got, you know, managing relationships, project oriented tech, you know, you don't have to, to be a coder to, to be successful and have an impact. And I, I'm a programmer and I don't do much of that anymore. So. Yeah. And I honestly think like, as you know, a lot of what I do for OAI is not 
technically oriented at all. I'm over in the, you know, how do we evangelize and promote and get people engaged? But I actually think the API space significantly improved when more product managers got involved. I, I think left to their own devices, as you know, because we've been in lots of these conversations, we can go down a rat hole of, you know, the tiniest little semantic conversations about how these things should be structured deep within our APIs, as opposed to worrying about what is this API actually doing? And did I need an API? Like, what, what is the point of this? And did I build the right endpoints? Like, can anybody even do anything with this? And so we build this perfect API that doesn't do anything meaningful. And so I think the minute we saw the influx, and I think it was a couple of years in, right? When we started to see the influx of product managers engaging in these conversations, it changed everything. And I think, you know, we are where we are now because product managers and product marketing managers and product marketing got involved and started saying, hey, you know what we really want to be able to do? We want to do these things. You know, your API is, you know, doesn't make any sense to me because it doesn't do those things. And I think it changed everything when that happened. I mean, you just nailed the premise of this show, why it exists, is we want to strengthen and, and bring in more of those folks. So, I mean, Postman, we got 15 million developers, DevRel, Joyce, and, and the DevRel team speaks volumes to those developers. This show is about reaching, reaching those folks that you just, just mentioned and bringing them into the conversation and making them feel equipped and confident in what they know. So. That's, uh, I couldn't have, I didn't even script that. So you're, you're awesome for bringing that up. Um, so after, after a crazy week, cause I know your, your job is probably similar to mine. You're on a, on a freight train all week and, and then you kind of hit the weekend, taking this to a personal level. I know you're a baker. What's your favorite thing to bake that takes your mind off all this technical stuff? Oh, um, any kind of yeast or sourdough bread, something I have to knead. <laughs> like I, I find it very therapeutic to just, you know, it's very tactical. I mean, very tactile. And it's also, it's slow, you know, and bread will do what bread will do. It has, it's live, right? So it's a living thing that, that you need to massage into uh, existence. And so I, yeah, any kind of bread. I bake bread yeah. multiple times a week and on the weekends I make fancy breads and yeah, that's how I relax. Yeah, I love your your mimosa Sundays photos. I love to, <laughs> to watch what you've made and what the theme is, what the overall theme. You always have something that that ties it together and ties it to the world, I would say, in a certain way. So big yeah. fan. Thank you. Um, well, thank you for being here today with, with, with me. This is great. Um, and now that the world's coming back together, I look forward to hanging out with you again in person soon. Um, Me too. That happen. But thank I'll you so much. I'll be speaking and, at Glucon, so come to Glucon. Oh, I'm not going to be at Glucon. Oh man, we got to make that. I got to make that happen. That's like that's the old school. That's the original days right there. Exactly. I got. I got. I got to look at my calendar, see what's going on. But 
Thank you, Lorinda. I appreciate you being here and uh, enjoy the rest of your week and look forward to working with you. Same here, Ken. Thank you for having me. All righty. Cheers. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. Always good to talk to Lorinda. She's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the, the API lifecycle. And for me, what really she brings to the table is, is that conversation about what matters to the people, what, what the human interactions, the partner interactions that are necessary uh, to make all this happen. So thank you, Lorinda, for joining us. I recommend you head over to the website, bettercloud.com to check out what they offer. I really feel like SaaS uh, management is the kind of the front line of all of this. If you think about it, we're all using more SaaS applications in, uh, across our business. We're needing to integrate uh, with those SaaS applications using their APIs, weaving them in with our own APIs, and they're just a, a much more critical part of, of what we're doing. And if you're one of those potential partners of Better Cloud, I definitely recommend you talk to them because plugging in your service uh, to a platform like that really just makes sense when it comes to the, the next generation of doing APIs. So what do we got next? So coming up next week, we got Mike Amundsen. We're gonna talk some design, some, some management of your APIs with my old friend, Mike. Uh, Mike and I have been doing this uh, storytelling in the space for like over a decade. Uh, I always learn a lot from Mike when it comes to design, when it comes to the continuous API lifecycle management. Uh, he's just got a wealth of knowledge and experience. He's traveled the world, talked to thousands of, of enterprise organizations, and he's just always got a lot to share when it comes to uh, doing APIs well. So join me next week for, for my sit down with Mike Amundsen. And, you know, I just wanted to thank, you know, thank you for subscribing, tuning into this. I, I feel like I'm getting a little bit better at this. Got a couple of them under my belt, getting better at asking questions, um, not rambling on, um, but while still keeping it conversational, um, I'm having a lot of fun. I hope you are too. I'm doing a lot of research on who I should get on the show next. I'm really researching some interesting topics, companies, people. Um, really trying hard to keep it diverse, um, meaning in, in the types of people that I talk to, but also uh, keeping it global. I don't want this to just be a North American thing. I really want to show how APIs are making an impact around the world. So I'm enjoying doing the research and I appreciate you tuning in and make sure you head over to the postman.com slash events slash breaking changes and subscribe so that you're part of the mailing list. You get updates uh, with up for upcoming events, and we're going to start working on some exclusive content that's just for our subscribers. Um, and then, you know, I know one of the things we're working on is is publishing this as a podcast. We've listened, we've had a bunch of requests that this uh, get published as a podcast series and be available, you know, for push through your favorite podcasting uh, channel. So I know that's coming. Uh, we're going to be rolling it out over the next couple weeks. So. Look for it, uh, you know, in, in Spotify and, and your Apple podcasts and other channels. And uh, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you all listening. It's been fun. I'll see you next week.